Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition, from starting a family to retiring, and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex, and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with the simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. Today on Pep Talks with Trio, we're speaking with one of our wellbeing experts, Joel Ferrin, media dietitian and nutrition consultant, and also known as the nutrition guy. We're going to be discussing men's health. Joel, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me on, Rebecca. It's a pleasure. Firstly, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do? Yeah, look, I, uh, as I said, I'm a, a dietitian. I wear a number of different hats. So I feel like I'm a bit of an everywhere man. But yeah, I do media. I'm a media spokesperson for Dietitians Australia. I'm a recipe developer. I work closely in food industry, do a little bit of consulting in aged care. I do some corporate speaking as well. And I've just taken on a new role doing some sessional lecturing as well so um bit of a jack of all trades and you forgot your most important role new dad uh, well well new dad for the second time yes second time amazing well congratulations so um thank you i've got to say you know it's a fa- fantastic that you're here actually speaking and putting your words together with a, a, a six-week-old at home so thank you after my time out after my daughter was born, I used to make the joke that the link between my brain and my mouth was completely severed. I feel like I'm doing a little bit better the second time around. <laughs> you, but you've been in training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but stop <laughs> me if I start slurring. <laughs> Look, it will just make the listeners who have been in that uh, situation all the more comfortable. Don't worry. So our first question today is why is men's health important and what are the issues facing men? Yeah, look, I feel like it's something that we don't, we don't talk enough of, you know, men's health. And, you know, we're really good at focusing on women's health and and some of the issues facing women. But on the flip side, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's no one shining a spotlight on men's health issues. We have Men's Health Week uh, once a year, which is great because it does shine that spotlight on some of the issues facing men. But I kind of feel like it goes by the wayside for the, the rest of the year. So, Look, we know that men don't live as long as women. Current statistics show we still live four to five years less than women. And we die from every non-sex specific disease, things like colon cancer, um, heart disease, diabetes and mental health issues. So it's a real issue. And, you know, what excites me about working in this space is that there's so much we can do from a, a diet and lifestyle perspective and it's something that you know I'm keen to explore with you during this uh, interview. So let's have a look at some of these things obviously mental health and suicide are really high in terms of men um, from a that you know brain gut connection is there you know there is a thing there right so what can men do in terms of their nutrition and what they consume and do on a daily basis from a food liquid perspective how can what are your tips there how can they they're starting from no knowledge what do they do what you know what are the steps they need to take to really start improving that brain um gut connection 
there's so much to unpack here and I feel like as a nutrition professional it's really exciting to work in this space because we're really at the tip of the iceberg and it's this firm link between what we eat and its impact on mood has really just been discovered in the last five or so years so we used to feel like there was an association people who ate better tended to have better mental health but was it because they they had better mental health to start with that maybe they they chose better foods or was it the other the other way around or something else in there I kind of feel like you know I've got to caveat this discussion by saying that it's one piece of someone's complex puzzle it's it mm-hmm. potentially one part of their their management plan but it's definitely something that we can exert some control over so we you you're right we do know that there's that firm link now between what we eat and its impact on gut and there is a, a strong line of communication between the brain and and the gut as well. It's a, it's what we call a bi-directional relationship. So it's a, it's a two-way street. In terms of giving you some top-line advice on how to, to best, I guess, manage your gut, which will then hopefully have some, some mental health benefits, it's really things like plant-based foods. So I'm not necessarily pushing vegetarian or vegan diets here, but we need to be more plant-focused. And we know that including more plant-based foods they're the ones that are going to be rich in fiber. They're the ones that are going to be rich in these plant uh, bioactive compounds that can enrich the, the wonderful bacteria in our gut. Um, but more than that, it's things like fermented dairy as well, maybe cutting back on, on our red meat consumption as well. But, uh, you know, if we're focusing on men, men really do drop the ball when it comes to nutrition. We know that by and large, the whole population does here in Australia. Mm. We tend to fall well short on our fruit and veggie requirements. So I like to take the baby step approach. And if you're listening to this, it's not about you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think we need to just make some small, subtle changes to our diet and continue to build on it as mm. well. So I might be getting that extra piece of fruit in a day because we know that half of us meet our fruit requirements. So if you can get that extra piece of fruit in, get an extra serve of veggie or two, mm. and then just continue to build on that. Mm. Hopefully these last these changes will turn into lasting habits and that's going to allow you to put your best foot forward. But you know, if I could just focus on the research, some research is actually showing that if you modify your diet, you can actually reduce depressive symptoms by up to 30%. That's so... And there's a real push now from clinicians, mental health clinicians, so psychologists, psychiatrists, and doctors, to actually look at diet and lifestyle measures as a first-line therapy to help better manage somebody with mental health issues. Because yeah. the Royal Health Commission, Royal Commission into Mental Health, a few years ago, acknowledged that there's a we tend to use medication, you know, too often it's First, sort of like yeah, that, uh, yeah. you know, and, 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 and sure medication might be the right strategy for somebody, but we tend to over-medicate. Mm-hmm. So it might be worth looking at some, some other options. And, you know, there's a, there's a long list in someone's arsenal. It could be things like meditation and mindfulness and music and art therapy and counseling, cognitive behavioral therapy, but let's not, let's not forget the role of diet and lifestyle. Mm. even increasing the volume of vegetables in your diet would you know make you um, feel fuller it's going to also take that taste away from in terms of seeking sweet foods and you know all of that you know the the high fat 
processed foods that you know sort of you you tend to don't want lot loads of vegetables and fruit when you're you know you're filling up on the naughty stuff so even just that shift will start to have a change in terms of you know your heart your cholesterol your weight so subtle shifts as you say you know those small steps can actually have a huge impact you're right and something that I try to get across as well it's not about taking something away it's about what we can add back in because mm. it does have that flow on effect so if you can rejig the portions on your plate maybe focusing more on on the plant-based foods the whole grains the mm. vegetables maybe less of the meat which tends to be the hero on the plate in the Australian diet particularly with blokes yes. so you know I'm not I'm not taking meat away from from the listeners but maybe you know it's about reducing the size of the meat on the plate and focusing more on those veggies and you're right it's going to have it's going to keep us fuller for longer and potentially going to reduce some of those other behaviors you know seeking out um, other things later at night because if you're full from dinner you might not need that top up later on. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just an interesting one to play around with. So we spoke about um, men living longer, uh, men not living as long as women, but men who are married do live longer than men who are unmarried. So if we're talking to single guys or men who are uh, unmarried, um, you know, what can they do if they're looking after their own health, you know, and um, it's super easy to chuck a steak on the barbie and have a meat diet or have, you know, loads and loads of takeaways. What what would your sort of go-to meals be for a single guy that really wants to start focusing on their health, but perhaps they don't have, you know, a huge amount of time to be prepping, which, you know, for me is one of the secrets to helping myself have a healthy diet you know to having some healthy food in the fridge that I can go to really quickly as opposed to you know grabbing toast and butter which is possibly one of my favorite meals um you know what what you know what what is a a a meal that's easy and quick for a guy to make that isn't um, a nutritionist or a chef but it's going to give them high levels of nutrition, fill them up and really set them on on the way to better health. I mean, the, the list is really endless. I think you've uncovered a few things here. I think one of the issues that I see for a lot of people, men and women, is that lack of preparation. And I think if you can plan ahead, you're going to put your best foot forward. So doing a weekly shot, making sure you've got fresh fruit, fresh vegetables on the go, but at the same time, make use of frozen veggies, tinned veggies, because they are so nutritious, so versatile, and they're bloody convenient. So why wouldn't you use them? Yeah. So, and and I, you know, I've learned from experience as well. And I think a lot of people go, oh, you're a, you're a dietitian, you've got the perfect diet, and you always know what to do. And it's bollocks, can I say? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I learned the hard way when my daughter was born three years ago. Everything, you know, along with that connection between my brain and my mouth, everything else went by the wayside. I couldn't even fathom going to the supermarket, doing a weekly shop, getting home, unpacking the groceries. I had to rely on some of these meal delivery services. And it took me a few weeks to go, hang on, if I could just make sure I've got, you know, the veggie crisp full and I've got this, the pantry staples and things ready to go in the fridge, I can actually whip up something pretty, pretty healthy pretty tasty as well because I think it's got to be the 
you know it's oh, got to yeah, be a no combination of the two yeah. exactly it's got to it's got to be it's got to be tasty let's not forget that um you know that's an important part of of why we eat and potentially mm-hmm. what we eat as well so now second time around i make sure that i've got things like tofu and eggs and canned beans and i've got frozen veggies on the go in uh, in my um in my freezer and you know when can I say shit hits the fan? I've sort of got things that are ready to go. I mean, things like one of the things that we love doing and, and keep in mind that we're mostly vegetarian. So um, we don't actually eat meat, but we've got things like bean tacos on the go. I make fried rice, tofu stir fries. Last night I, I whipped up a, a pumpkin soup using frozen pumpkin and tinned beans. Um, really didn't take that long to make. Could be things like tinned tuna. If you've got chicken fillets, perhaps in the freezer or a piece of red meat. I mean, it's just something that you can whip up really quickly. I love using those brown rice uh, microwavable cups. I think they're incredibly convenient. You can even get microwavable pasta as well. Um, So we've always got those things on hand, particularly with a toddler. Last night, picked up my daughter from childcare. She got home at quarter to five and she was demanding dinner. So I sort of had to think on my think on my feet, what can I make her? Because I didn't necessarily have that time because usually she's eating at 5.30. So mm. I think if you're armed with those pantry staples and those essentials, you can sort of, you know, operate on the fly. Mm. I mean, I've, I've got a fond relationship with my stomach. So I'm always thinking about my next meal. And, and I get that, you know, some people aren't like that. But I think... You know, definitely planning ahead, making sure you've got things that are ready, accessible, and always surrounding yourself with with healthy options. There's this wonderful concept called crowding, and it's a it's a really basic premise that if you crowd yourself with healthy foods, you're more likely to choose those foods. So if you surround yourself mm-hmm. with veggies and you know a packed fruit bowl and you know healthy breads and and rice you're more likely to choose those things mm-hmm. compared to if you've got an empty fridge and an empty pantry, but you've got a, uh, a block of chocolate, you're more likely to go the block of chocolate or more likely to, you know, rely on things like Uber Eats and, and whatever else is available. So I think if you can, as, I, as I've been saying, if you can plan ahead, mm-hmm. you're, you're definitely halfway there. Yeah, I remember being told once, you know, boil boil some eggs because boiled eggs are a great high protein, highly nutritious um, snack if you needed to, you know, if you need to go, you know, go to something quickly. Definitely. And you can build a whole meal around something like eggs. You can make an omelette, you can make a frittata. As I said, the other night I made fried rice with um with an omelette on top. I mean, it's just so simple. I feel like we're in the MasterChef age where we've sort of got this perception that we have to create these lavish and, you know, mouth-watering meals. But really, we don't You've have to. You've got to look to. like you, you can... come out of a restaurant. What's wrong with a jacket potato and tuna mayonnaise? <laughs> Absolutely. And I know for me, you know, being in the position that I'm in, the life stage with, you know, two young kids, sometimes that's what dinner looks like. It yeah. might be steamed potato with some cheese on top and, you know, some cut up veggies on the side. It's nothing that I'm going to put on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but that's the thing. Real. These things are not Insta worthy, are they? We, you know, we're forced and I'm to- probably to blame there because a lot of the content that I put up on my Instagram, you know, sort of 
uh, nice. Maybe you should appealing. start doing like the real dinners. <laughs> yeah, I've been a little bit stagnant on my Instagram. So <laughs> yeah. if you if you jump on my uh, on my page and see I haven't posted for a few weeks, that's why. But uh, you're right. I think we probably need to shift the conversation, and it needs to be it needs to be more achievable. Let's lower the bar. It's okay to use frozen veg and tinned veg, and um, it's okay to whip up a meal that contains eggs um, yeah. for dinner because, hey, if they're nutritious, they're tasty. Um, yeah, that's almost convenient. the problem with this social media world that we live in that, you know, you sort of look at, follow these things and think, you know, yeah, I've got all the good intentions. I'm going to get healthy. Then you look at it and go, I'm, there's no way I'm going to even be able to do that. Don't even know where to start. And, you know, all of these ingredients, I, you know, they're difficult to get. Whereas we almost need that sort of the real life, this, you can whip this up in 10 minutes. The food is freely available because, you know, that's the other thing. Food now is becoming so expensive in, you know, and some foods, some fresh foods are becoming, you know, the the cost of living is going up, right? So to know that it's actually okay and highly nutritious to use frozen vegetables, which are far cheaper than fresh vegetables, you know, we can still achieve um, what we want from a nutrition goal within a reasonable budget is, is critical, particularly for, you know, families, um, growing families and, you know, in this current environment. Absolutely. And if I can just jump in, this is really top of mind because there was a study just done by the University of Wollongong that actually showed that it is more cost effective to follow a healthier diet to include more of these plant foods to maybe include less of the animal-based foods so you're going to save a dollar it's going to be better for your health and the flow-on effects are incredible Mm. so um you know maybe it's a shift in that mentality as well it's not necessarily about going out and buying a ten dollar iceberg lettuce it's making use of things that are in season and things that are you know maybe a little bit less premium from yeah. a quality perspective but just as good for you yeah can we just touch on water because water is one thing um that is i think you know we don't take into account enough in terms of how much it can positively impact our health um you know i've sort of read that it you know if you get the right levels of watering it can help um you know stabilize weight and you know weight loss and um can it potentially improve sleep and obviously skin and all of these other things is is water Mm. an often overlooked part of a healthy diet absolutely i think so much we're always focusing on nutrition but what about hydration and one of the key findings of this study was to make water your preferred fluid of choice so Mm. and you're right it has has enormous power from um from mood to concentration to sporting performance to sleep um you know to things like joints as well and and you're right we probably don't consume enough water uh, for those of you tuning in on youtube i've got my uh, my sparkling water here so i, I uh, practice what i preach but um yeah i think you're right even from a weight management perspective as well because a lot of the time we confuse a feeling of thirst for a feeling of hunger so Mm. if you're feeling that dip you might you know reach out into your pantry for a snack food when all you really need is a glass of water 
And what is the amount that we should be drinking? Is it just a set three liters a day or something, or is it based on body weight? You know, what if we were going to go, you know, talking at the beginning around, let's just set some really basic goals. If one of them yeah. is, I'm just going to increase my water intake this, this first month, I'm, that's all I'm going to focus on is increasing my water. What would be the go-to liter of, or liters of water that we should be looking at a day? It's the $64,000 question. Everybody's different in terms of their hydration needs. So it's it's dependent on things like age, activity levels, mm. um, you know, things like weight as well. Um, so all those things need to be taken into consideration. Look, the, let's, let's just encourage people to maybe consume a little bit more. I think sometimes there are these, um, you know, wellness types and uh, celebrities who are pushing things like three, four liters, it's unnecessary for yeah. the, uh, for the bulk of the population. But I think if you can get your eight glasses a day and, and I think let's not discount some of the other fluids as well. Mm. So tea and coffee also contribute and something like milk. Yes. I've just said water is the preferred fluid of choice, but milk is highly nutritious and it will contribute to your hydration needs as well. So we definitely want people to be, consuming some of these um these wonderful fluids things like tea coffee have numerous health benefits so you don't necessarily need to just be having water to meet your your fluid requirements and maybe limit some some of the caffeine after midday because that certainly inhibits my ability to have a decent night's sleep definitely so i think one of the recommendations is yeah have your last coffee 12 hours before you plan to go to sleep so really that's yeah funny. but you know there are herbal options there are decaf options available yeah. um and we certainly know that there are, are so many wonderful health benefits of drinking tea so you know make it a green tea make it a, a different type of herbal tea um which don't have uh the caffeine so if we were to wrap up the top three tips we've covered today is add more vegetables to your diet in any which way, even um, frozen vegetables. So every single meal, make sure there's some vegetables on that plate. Um, increase your water intake to around eight glasses a day, however it comes and limit coffee 12 hours before you plan to go to bed. Yeah. Can I throw another, another one in there, particularly for blokes, I think as well, I think, you know, all good and well focusing on, on diet, but let's just touch on, on exercise. And I hate the term exercise and I despise the term physical activity. I think we've got to have a reshift into the way we, we view things like exercise. And from my perspective, I always talk about movement, moving mm. your body in a positive way. And we know that it has a number of benefits and, you know, people would always say, what's the best, best exercise for weight loss. And I think if you, if you're simply exercising for weight loss, you're missing out on all the other benefits, mm. things like, sleep and hormone production and mood and mental health, even things like memory and our cognition later in life. Mm. So I, I saw a, a study recently that just said dancing is a wonderful way to get your endorphins up and it's a wonderful way to move your body. And it's something that I love doing with my three-year-old daughter. We, we do, uh, we've called it silly billies, just dancing around the house, throwing our arms around. And for me, that's really positive. And I think for a long time, we, We've got it in our heads that we have to go for a, you know, a long cycle or a long mm. run, or we have to pump iron in the gym and that's our exercise. But it could just mm. be as simple as, you know, doing some silly bill silly billies with the kids at home, playing soccer in the backyard, having the kick of the footy at the park, any of these, you know, what seem 
mundane, but these yeah. are actually wonderful activities that not only strengthen that bond and that relationship with your kids, but also have a flow on effect because, you know, they are going to be beneficial uh, for your body, your, your mood and mental health as well. And, and potentially lower some of those risk factors for disease later yeah. in life. So um, music is great for your mental health. It completely uplifts your, you know, your mindset and your energy and your positive. Depends thoughts. what you listen to, but uh, definitely. <laughs> That's true. And I think, you know, one of the other ways that men, particularly if they are, um, you know, suffering from mental health as what, you know, so that we're in this space, if, you know, if men could get together and go for a walk with other, other males to talk in an open, fresh space, um, you know, the, the positive effects of combining just movement in the fresh air and talking with people that would have such a powerful impact um, on them as an individual and if they have a family on the family. So they're really small steps, aren't they? But sometimes it's, you know, there's so much information out there. It's difficult to know where to start. It feels just too big. Um, That's the thing. steps. Absolutely. Small steps. Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to turn around tomorrow and drastically improve your health and, you know, make 10 changes and expect them to be, um, you know, lasting forever. Let's just lower the bar, um, make it small and subtle and just build on it. And it might, as I said before, from a dietary perspective, it might just be adding a couple of things in, reducing the portion of your meat. From a lifestyle perspective, it might be cutting back a little bit on the alcohol, focusing more on movement and moving your body in a positive way. And maybe it's about increasing that social interaction. Mm. Maybe that's why married men live longer. Maybe. And they're probably having, you know, their lovely women cooking them nice, healthy dinners. <laughs> Obviously, you also I, cook nice, healthy dinners. You're, yeah, you're, I'd love I would say you're maybe a rarity. Changing. I'd ho- I hope in not. The I hope more men are getting into the kitchen. I mean, that's something that I've, I've been really passionate about since I've started working in this space is really encouraging, empowering men to, you know, get in the kitchen. Why not have a crack? I always say, what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you make, you make a dud meal and you learn from it, you grow from it and you change it the next time. So um, it's something that I find really cathartic and and therapeutic. It's something that I really enjoy and it's really rewarding as well. That's Um, also my happy place. Yeah, the meal delivery services can be, you know, hugely beneficial for helping, um, you know, families and individuals eat healthily because you get the food delivered, you've got your recipe, it's all there, but also portion control is already done for you. So if you're you're going to start somewhere, that's a pretty simple and great place just to go okay just tell me what to do do the shopping for me do the delivery for me it turns up on my doorstep and I'm away definitely definitely it, it does it does tick a number of boxes I guess from my my experience I kind of realized I could do it myself yeah I could get the ingredients myself I could prepare the meals but you're right if someone's working from you know from zero you know, we're not yeah. expecting you to go to go to 100 within a few days. You know, it's just making those small, subtle changes. Yeah, so if, if that's a positive you. step, yeah, learn to love cooking, experiment, try different things. Um, you know, that's the other thing that we're recommending at the moment, back to the uh, rising cost of living, you know, is maybe making, being savvy enough 
um, and having that know-how to be able to substitute ingredients. Mm, yeah. If you love looking at cooking and looking after your health, it's a it becomes a totally different way that you you know you view the chore of eating and you know sort of yeah. finding food it becomes you know a way of sharing and joy and you know looking after yourself so it's a it's a great change in perspective definitely definitely so i hope we've sown some seeds I hope so. I think so. So um, just want to touch before we leave, if anyone wants to get any more advice or support or help from you, you've got an ebook out that can be found on the nutritionguide.com.abook to AU called the Nutrition Guys Kitchen. So that is dedicated to men or all in everyone or targeting helping men. In it's a, it's a bit of an all sorts. I um. Uh, it was a, a lockdown six project, so I uh, it was a bit on the fly. But yeah, look, I, a lot of those recipes can be for blokes. Um, there, it's a plant focused recipe book. There's a couple of fish recipes. Um, you can always adapt them if you like to account mm-hmm. for meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's you know they're definitely achievable. They're definitely something that you can whip up in a, in a short amount of time. That's my motto, work smarter in the kitchen, not harder. So you're not going to find recipes that take three hours and have 30 or 40 different ingredients. Um, the average Joe can whip them up. So feel free to check them out. And, you know, if you want some uh, kitchen inspo, you can also find me on, on Instagram. I'm the nutrition guy. Um, and I share some little tidbits and health hacks and, uh, and, other healthy recipes. So I look forward to connecting with you. And if we've got any corporates listening, then you're also available for speaking and cooking lessons in the workplace, which would be an awesome way to start your workforce, just, you know, initiating some healthy habits. I love that too. Absolutely. I think it's all going to get better at talking about the how. And I think that just consolidate some of the the healthy eating messages that I can share, you know, how to include more vegetables, how to include more plant-based proteins, how to cut back on meat, um, you know, what type of healthy snacks to include. So the list is endless. Um, I offer bespoke packages as well. Um, So if you are a corporate client of Trio and you'd like to get in touch, um, yeah, feel free to uh, flick me an email. Maybe we should get some corporates to do some um, challenges around, you know, adding meat, adding vegetables to every diet or something like that. It's something we should think about. <laughs> Could do a, a meatless challenge. Yeah. Oh, Joel, thank you so much for your time. It's been lovely talking to you. Um, and looking forward to connecting again soon. And best of luck is is your role of as dad for the second time. Thanks so much, Rebecca. It's been great. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.